if you look at a pattern on, on most of my foster dogs, I try to always come up with some mainstream popular name, usually some kind of pop culture name that people are going to gravitate towards. And the reason for that is ideally we want someone to click on the dog like, oh, that's funny. Let me see what a David Rose looks like. Um, I've had Adele and Stevie Nicks and, you know, Bruce Springsteen. And um, I normally try to stay in, in those realms. My last foster, uh, I didn't realize a client had mentioned this, but we named him Cowboy Magic, which kind of sounds like a stripper name. And so I... <laughs> So I'm looking at Willie's eyes right now and I can see, uh, but that was really, uh, that was, that's kind of one of my favorite names. I'm kind of bummed that I gave it to a foster because I might name my next dog Cowboy Magic. That's how much I like it. Well, if you ever move away from the Caxon as your roller name, it should probably be Cowboy Magic. I, yeah. I cannot agree more. I didn't even think of that. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to 40 Out, the original competitive skee-ball podcast. Join us as we explore what it takes to become a legend of the lane. Thanks for tuning in to episode 9 of 40 Out. My name is Joseph Bullard, aka Space Wolf. And I'm his co-host, Willie Garza. Our guest in this episode is Edward Flores, also known as the Caxon. He's the owner and general manager of Mud Puppies, a board member and foster dad at Austin Dog Rescue, and a two-time Brewski Ball World Mug National Champion. Edward sat down with us to talk about the tournament he's hosting called Team Caxon's Amplify Austin Ski Ball Tournament, an event benefiting Austin Dog Rescue that will take place at Full Circle Bar Austin on March 5, 2020 from 5 to 9 p.m. The tournament is open to all skill levels and there's going to be two single elimination brackets of 32 rollers each one for beginners and the others for experienced rollers. But right now, we're going to go ahead and jump into that conversation to let the Caxon give you the rest of those details. Before we talk about the tournament in detail, we'd love to highlight the purpose behind amazing events like this. So can you explain what Amplify Austin Day is and talk about how money is being raised for local nonprofits? Absolutely. So Amplify Austin will happen on March 5th through March 6th. So essentially it lasts for 24 hours and the city of Austin will try to raise $12 million in 24 hours for 750 participating nonprofits. It's insane. And it really does showcase the amount of giving that so many Austinites and Central Texans do for local nonprofits. You said 12 million, right? $12 million. Yeah. That's the goal, or is that like what they've done in previous years? That is the goal. Last year, I, I last year I believe it was like ten million they did, so they up it by a couple million every year. That's impressive. Yeah, in twenty four hours, that's insane. It, it is, and well, it's also very you know stressful. You're really asking a lot of your network of friends throughout the year. You know, I'll randomly ask for donations from friends, but usually amplifies for when I really save it because there's a there's a lot of incentive as a nonprofit for Austin Dog Rescue specifically. This is our biggest fundraiser of the year. So we depend on this money to handle medical cases and pull dogs from shelters. So different things like that. Most nonprofits out of those 750, a lot of us, it's, their, it's our biggest fundraiser of the year. So it means a lot. So this is like the donation slash giving Black Friday. It's like the one day of the year where you're getting most of your donations and, and people are giving to like charitable causes the most on this one day. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, you know, you kind of correlate it to, you know, people getting their income taxes back and or, you know, 
they're trying to give out money so that they can write off for the year. Um, oh, they've right. you know, met a quarterly, you know, giving fund for themselves. And so we really try to take advantage of as many of those people as possible. How many years have you been doing this? Six years now. This is our sixth year. And it's uh, every year. It's, you know, it gets more difficult. Uh, Team Caxon, for example, is if you don't know, it's my dog. But us together, we try to do as many outrageous things as possible to come up with money. It's a little difficult. You know, asking your friends just to give money for a cause that you're passionate about is great. And most will do it. It's a matter of trying to grasp those people in that are looking for something. You know, for example, Team Caxon decided to offer $100. If anyone donated $100 to our specific team campaign, we would dance. We would do a dance on social media, me and Caxon, and post it and and thank you in that for uh, your donation. Little did I know, I thought maybe we would get like 5 to 10. And I thought, okay, that'd be great. That'd be a great way to get 500 I had like 34 so I had to dance, you know, like $3,400 worth of donations. And I, it got so, it was so much too much for Facebook, actually, that they actually put a halt on me because I was posting too much that day. Oh, wow. So like the frequency I, of your post? Exactly. So I had to move to the next day to post. I had, I had reached my amount of post for that day. Because uh, at that point, I, I, I'm sure Facebook thinks you're promoting something and or trying to sell something. So they put yeah. a halt pretty quickly. I've always known deep down inside, somewhere in my heart, that you dance for money. And now I know for sure. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a past life, I'm sure I did, yes. Were there different songs for every dance that you did, or was it the same song every dance? A different song every, every dance. And you know, now social media, Facebook, and, and different networks have gotten really, really specific on what you can actually post. So we had to get super creative about being a little far away, the, the song being played a little further away from the background. So it looked more like background music and not so much a dominant you know, focus because with copyrights and everything, I wouldn't be able to pull that off now, not with the way that Facebook works. This year, we're, uh, we're doing the, the skee-ball tournament, which you mentioned. So that's going to be something new. We, we always try to look for something new every year. And so this year, it was the skee-ball tournament and try to utilize this network of amazing giving skee-ballers Mm -hmm. to help Team Caxon. It's a great idea. And you've been uh, volunteering with Austin Dog Rescue for something like 11 years now. Is that true? 11 years. Um, I've been on the board for about nine years, um, 11 years. And we have fostered between myself and Jim and our business, um, Jim being my partner, between us, we've fostered over 130 dogs just out of our homes. Wow. Yeah. How did you get involved with that? Like, when did you find that? Well, I, I got involved because when I became an owner of, of Mud Puppies, uh, we're going on 12 years now. Um, when I became involved in Mud Puppies, I felt like I was given this amazing opportunity to do what I love every day. And I should utilize this to really help a nonprofit organization. Now, you know, most small businesses would look to a, a major if you're really in it, uh, I, I was given some amazing advice to, you know, pick something that you feel like you're really going to make a difference in and that you're really passionate about. And so I was given this great advice to to move forward with something like that. Now, most new businesses might pull towards a larger nonprofit to try to gain some customers from it. Um, but I utilized it as more of a, a passion, uh, passion project. And if it turned into business dollars, fantastic. But that was never my intention. So when I went in, 
we just offered to foster dogs out of mud puppies as a, we're offering our services for free. We'll find these dogs homes and we'll do whatever we can. Everything will be free for this dog that, that stays with us. And it just turned into more than I could be thankful for. Austin Dog Rescue and the adopters and supporters of ADR have helped mud puppies tremendously grow uh, into a second location thanks to them and and other you know great things that mud puppies has been involved in but you know ADR played a huge role in that and again it was it was organic it wasn't forced i wasn't trying to um really push the narrative of i'm helping a big nonprofit now i i need a return in order for this to move forward it was a it was it was a passion for sure yeah, that's awesome, man. And especially, I didn't realize that's how Mud Puppies got its start. So it's nice to hear that it just kind of happened organically, you know, which I think is the best way for a business to grow, like in my own personal opinion. Going back to what you talked about in terms of fostering so many dogs out of your own home, have you picked up Caxon's new foster brother yet, David Rose? <laughs> David Rose. I actually pick up David Rose today um after this i'll head over there to um the transporter's house and so we actually unfortunately like right a couple of hours before i came here we got some news from his vet that he's actually heartworm positive which is unfortunate very common though with the rural shelters and dogs that are being left outside in the country because of that you know david rose's adoption plan went from probably being ready to go home in the next two weeks to now it lasting three months um at least he's going to be with us and that's only because that heartworm process the killing heartworms is is it's long and the dogs have to go through a pretty intense medication that they have to be on crate race a crate rest excuse me uh crate rest and and ensure that those heartworms are not coming out when they're being killed uh, whenever they do come out, they form into blood clots, and that can usually be tragic for most of those dogs, which is why we have to be super careful. Wow. Yeah, I know. It went from like a you know three $400 bill that ADR was going to have to you know take on to possibly mm-hmm. a couple thousand. Is there a, a pretty good success rate? Yeah, absolutely. There is a, there's a big success rate. If most vets know how to do it, it's pretty common. I've, I've had a, a few heartworm positive dogs that I've had to deal with. Um, and they, the, you know, the only issue with a heartworm positive dog, especially a dog like this from a rural shelter, and he's pretty scared and nervous is that he's not going to be able to be as active as he should to gain the confidence that he's going to need to kind of be a normal dog in a normal home that people will want to adopt. So it's going to take some work. So we're going to take advantage of this, you know, next two weeks we have before he gets his heartworm treatment. So what we'll do the next process for him is I'll pick him up today. He's actually getting groomed tomorrow. And then we've scheduled him to get uh, neutered on this coming Tuesday, which I believe is the 26th or something like that, 25th. And so the 25th of February, he'll get neutered. And then after that, we will kind of get the game plan squared away to start the heartworm process. But thanks for asking about David. I'm excited. Actually, I didn't know who David Rose was. And... I was sitting next to Meg and we were both kind of scrolling through Instagram and she's like, she mentioned the name. And I was like, what, what does that even mean? And I didn't even see the hashtags, but there was a photo of him in the carousel. So I went and Googled it and it came up as like, I guess he's a character from Schitt's Creek. Absolutely. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows right now. If you look at a pattern on, on most of my foster dogs, I try to always come up with some mainstream 
popular name, usually some kind of pop culture name that people are going to gravitate towards. And the reason for that is ideally we want someone to click on the dog like, oh, that's funny. Let me see what a David Rose looks like. Um, I've had Adele and Stevie Nicks and, you know, Bruce Springsteen. And um, I normally try to stay in, in those realms. My last foster, uh, I didn't realize a client had mentioned this, but we named him Cowboy Magic, which kind of sounds like a stripper name. And so, yeah, totally. I, <laughs> so I'm looking at Willie's eyes right now and I can see, uh, but that was really, uh, that was, that's kind of one of my favorite names. I'm kind of bummed that I gave it to a foster because I, I might name my next dog Cowboy Magic. That's how much I like it. Well, if you ever move away from the Caxon as your roller name, it should probably be Cowboy Magic. I, yeah. I cannot agree more. I didn't even think of that. Thank you. <laughs> how long have you been rolling with that name? I've been rolling for about six years now, I think. So yeah, six years. The crazy part about the the Caxon name is no one can ever figure out. Everyone has some kind of cool backstory and or their name pretty pretty much speaks for itself. It has ski in the name or some kind of, you know, ball in it. When I first started, so Tommy Weeble, who is Little House on the Cherry, I believe. Oh, that's his team name. He's Bala Troy right now. Yeah, Bala Troy. There you go. So Tommy Weevil, um, his wife, Katie, worked for me at Mud Puppies. And she told us one day at work, like, oh, yeah, my husband is, you know, uh, ranked nationally for ski ball. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I was like, ski ball, like the game you roll down the middle. And so we worked at Mud Puppies together. So she was like, let's form a team. So me, her, and another coworker of mine, we all formed a team and we called ourselves Puppy Power. And the only idea we couldn't come up with ski ball names. And so the only idea we could think was like, let's pull from our own names, our, our dogs names and create our ski ball names. So I just went with the Caxon. And since then, it's just been like a security blanket for me. One, one skis and I, I switched for a, we did a Harry Potter theme, uh, Mugbloods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Scariest Black. That was a skis and we won too. <laughs> those names are all fantastic. I loved all three of those names. Oh, good. <laughs> so you already had Caxon, like yeah, before you already, started rolling. Mm -hmm, yeah, I had Caxon um, for, he. it will be eight years that he was rescued in May um, that we've had him. And what's the story behind Caxon's name? So Caxon is the local news station KXAN. He was found in their alley. So a photographer opened the back newsroom door and sure enough, there was Caxon running in the alley. So as a natural instinct, they brought Caxon into the newsroom. And of course, they reached out to Jim. And uh, Jim knew what to do, of course, because we, you know, we foster dogs. And so he essentially took Caxon to Austin Animal Center to ensure that if he was microchipped, we could get him back home. Sure enough, he was microchipped. And we found uh, the owners, or Austin Animal Center did. And they said that the owners didn't want him anymore and that uh, he was not a very good dog. And so we took him on at that moment. I was actually apprenticing to be a dog trainer. I had gone through my apprenticeship for a couple of years and I was going to use him as a demo dog. And so I was like, well, let me just use him and I'll foster him. Well, he became so good. KXAN was like, well, why don't we just make him our mascot? And so that's how he kind of got, he got his name obviously from being in the alley and I completely looked over that but uh one of the producers said oh we should call him caxon as a joke and adding the a between the k and the x of kxan and so that's how he that's how he got his name and it stuck and he became their mascot and they were going to utilize him to 
show their support and the importance of rescue and and a kind of a rags to riches story. Yeah, and then now he's a certified therapy dog, and he uh, we visit hospitals uh, with divine canines and read with kids every Friday and go to universities and help during finals week to you know help students just kind of cope with any stress they're going through. He recently last year was uh, one of the top three therapy dogs in the nation through American Hero Dog Awards, American Humane Hero Dog Awards, and so that was a pretty amazing accomplishment. So we've we've been really lucky to utilize him as a story for other dogs to give every single dog a chance. Really, again, tailors back to Austin Dog Rescue, which is what ADR does. We want to give every single dog that gets overlooked a chance, and that was Caxon. Yeah, I want to take a second and say thank you for all of that work that you've been doing and we've wanted to have you on for a while now and for whatever reason we just didn't ask and i think part of that was always just thinking you're too busy (laughs) for this i feel like you're always doing something and always working on something i mean even just talking about your schedule right now like there's a ton of stuff you have going on and right after this you're leaving to go do more but yeah i just want to say thank you if you don't hear that enough for all the stuff that you do very kind thank you so much this tournament that you have coming up is at Full Circle Bar Austin. Uh, you said it's on March 5th. Uh, what time is it going to start and what should people expect from that? Absolutely. So um, bar will open at 5 p.m. And so we will have uh, ski ball lanes will be open for practice. Uh, so essentially what we're doing is from 6 to 10 p.m. We will be doing sign up from 6 to 7.30 so that people can just walk in the door current ski ballers and or you know just random Austin Dog Rescue supporters. So we've got a novice tournament and an open tournament. It'll be a tournament of 32. We'll do what you know most ski ballers in uh, in brewski ball will know uh, Brody style. So it's best two out of three games, single elimination. We'll move on till we get our our champions and there'll be prizes for first, second and third. Now what determines the open versus the novice uh, this year, what we're doing, because ski ball or brewski ball and ski ball in general, people have just gotten so good so quickly. And we originally had said, if you're in your first skis in, a first four skis in, so one year essentially of of rolling, we would let you be a novice. But there are too many first time, you know, second skis and rollers that are rolling over 320s now, and it wouldn't be fair to mm-hmm. you know people just trying to sign up. So we. Uh, have now made it a 300 average or lower is novice and anyone above that would have to go into open. So it'll be 32 spots. We're hoping to fill them up as much as possible. And it's $25 to sign up. And again, this is tax deductible. It's going to a great cause. And I'm trying to really kind of hit home with that. You know, some people may lose in the first round. And obviously, you know, half of those 32 are not going to make it past the first round. So we want to just really say thank you. And, you know, big picture, what you're doing here is you're really helping raise a lot of money to help us. So sign up will go from 6 to 7.30. So at 7.30, we shut down signups and we'll start making the brackets. But during that six to eight hour, we actually have a puppy breath kissing booth. So we've got we've got eight. Uh, we have a litter of puppies in Austin Dog Rescue right now that uh, eight puppies that are going to be 30 pounds and 10 weeks old. By the time they get there, it's, I mean, that's huge for a 10 week old puppy. These are great Pyrenees, Anatolian Shepherd puppies. And so we'll have them out in a kissing booth and um, we'll have them in rounds of two. So every 30 minutes, two new puppies will come in. And unfortunately, most of the time we would say like, these dogs are up for adoption, come and grab them. 
all these dogs we've had they've been such a good following through social media that they're all pre-adopted already they can't go home yet we don't allow them to go home till they're 12 weeks old and that's just so that they can stay as long as they can with their mother and with their uh, brothers and sisters to learn as much skills that they're going to need to go into the next you know phase of their life but they're all pre-adopted so it's going to be a chance for people to just kind of get puppy kisses and not feel that I need to adopt this. I need to save this dog now. And we're also trying to get those uh, those adopters, the people that are already going to adopt them and take them home, out to say, like, come meet my dog. Come with all my friends. And, and it's kind of like a sip and see that you would do for a child. You know, let's come have a drink and meet my new baby. And so that's exactly the approach we're going to take with this. Yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned that signups are actually taking place on site. So people should bring money with them. How are they going to be able to pay? We will not actually take money. We will take your money. Austin Dog Rescue will take it, um, but we'll sign up through the Amplify website. So in order for you to log in, it's not like you're going to be logging into an Evite or something like that and paying through that. Uh, you would actually be donating directly to Team Caxon's page. So you would sign up and by doing a $25 donation, essentially, in front of, we'll have three laptops with um, volunteers that are going to sign you up onto the link. And so the moment they sign you up, we'll have, you know, list of people that have already signed up and then that will create our bracket. Cool. Okay. So people should just show up with a, a credit card so that they can actually go through the online transaction process. Ideally, yes. But we will figure out a way to make it work with cash, whether I have to put it on, right. on my own card and, and mm -hmm. do it and go from there. Thinking about this tournament as a veteran roller and a national champion, uh, what are some tips you might give to someone who's entering? I mean, obviously, the open standpoint, I don't feel like anyone needs any tips. They're all usually pretty good from a, you know, a novice standpoint. I always try to tell people, first of all, have fun uh, and maybe have a couple drinks if you're nervous. But, you know, just just go at five o'clock for practice. Try to get some advice from someone you see. You know, we'll be doing a demo prior to. So they're not going to go in blind. They're not going to be like, oh, two out of three. What do you mean by that? We'll do a demo right before we start the tournament. So they'll know exactly what they're getting into. I'm sure people are going to start. The initial instinct for any new roller is to go for a hundred. That's gonna be that's gonna be the best way to win. Uh, you know, ideally, anytime I talk to a new roller, that's exactly or someone finds out I roll ski ball, that's the first thing they say. So do you only hit hundreds? I'm like, actually, I, I rarely hit a hundred. I try not to even go for them. It's just such a low percentage shot. You know, your best bet is to stay up the middle through lots of advice from uh, a lot of different people. I mean, that's just been what's kind of taken me to where I'm at in ski ball. And so I, I try to just mimic and, and teach from there. To piggyback on what Edward just said, if you're new to competitive ski ball and you're going to, you know, you're thinking about entering the novice tournament, uh, there's going to be a lot of really good ski ball rollers there and a lot of people that you can learn from. Uh, you know, I, I cannot, I just can't stress it enough. Where it's all, This is all for fun. This is all going to be a, a pretty mm -hmm. exciting moment for Austin Dog Rescue, Ski Ball, and, and getting, you know, hopefully we get to, that. that's always the goal when you're doing something like this. You you get new people in the bar that are going to be attracted to Ski Ball. Someone like, kind of like I was, I just, had it not been for, you know, Katie Weeble, Tommy Weeble's wife, I would not be playing Ski Ball. I would have never even thought of trying it. And going back to that story, um, as many of Brewski ballers essentially know Eric Wickman. The moment we first started, and we probably will dive into this later, but the moment we uh, decided to form a team, Tommy and Eric were at Beauty Ballroom at the time. 
Yeah, that's where it had moved initially. That was for my first skis. And we went up there and Eric Wickman tells me, okay, like, I, I want to just see you roll. And my first roll, he's like, okay, just roll nine balls. I just want to see what, what you can do. And so I rolled nine balls. And my first time I hit a full circle. And Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And I, and he goes, uh, have you ever rolled before? And I'm like, wow, well, when I was a kid. And he goes, that's really good. Like, just do that. Oh, shit. That's all you have to do. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And so that's, uh, he's like, I don't even need to really teach you anything. Like, just stay there. You'll be fine. And um, I just missed the Brody my first skis in. But ever since then, it's been, it's just come naturally. And my competitive nature just kind of took over. 40s in your blood, man. Yeah, right. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say the first time I stepped up to a lane and rolled nine balls, they were perfect. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was, it, I, again, I had no idea what I had done. I didn't even know what a full circle was, but I was just like, okay, cool. Just go for the 40. Where can people go to learn more about Austin Dog Rescue and where's the best place to find Caxton yeah. online? If I can give a big Austin Dog Rescue splurge, Austin Dog Rescue, austindog.org. And now just talking about Austin Dog Rescue, we are an all home based foster volunteer group. So every single one of us that is, Fostering a dog, those dogs are fostered out of our homes. Uh, we have a couple partners and businesses that, that help us. And so what we do is we provide everything for these dogs. We pull them from uh, essentially predominantly rural shelters uh, outside of Central Texas. Ideally, we're pulling from shelters that don't have the foot traffic that maybe an Austin Animal Center might have or an Austin Pets Alive might get because we're in Austin and there's such a, such a passion for so many of us to rescue a dog. And so we really pull these dogs from shelters that, that really don't have a chance and that unfortunately do have to euthanize for space because there's just nowhere to go. Animal control picks up these dogs and they just go straight in the shelter. Sometimes owners don't even pick them up or it's just lack of education. They don't spay or neuter their dogs. So now we've got a litter of puppies and someone just dropped off a box of puppies. Now puppies in a shelter are pretty much have a death sentence if you don't get them out soon with the infection and things that they're prone to in, in that environment. Uh, we've got to get them out quick. You know, so Austin Dog Rescue steps in and for our volunteers, I mean, we're always looking for fosters. And what we do is we provide all the vaccines, all the medical care, spay and neuter. We provide crates, toys, bedding, dog food. I mean, every volunteer, we're really setting you up to succeed in this kind of volunteer basis with us and, and really finding your passion on, on what works for you. We even go down as far as we tell people, like, what kind of dogs do you like? If you're more of a herding breed, you like Border, border Collies and Aussies. We're going to look for those types of breeds for you. Myself, I really gravitate to, to more towards terriers because that's what I know. That's what I have. That's what I kind of love. Our intake coordinator always knows like, hey, Edward, there's a terrier here. There's a schnauzer here. There's this kind of, you know, scruffy dog over here that really needs help. Do you want to help this one? Do you have room? So that's kind of what we, we try to do. And we take on these cases that are super extreme. And there's one case right now that we're dealing with a, a dog named Lizzie that I can't remember what shelter she came from, but she was an Australian shepherd who could barely walk and her back legs weren't working like they should. It was just kind of walking crooked. And so a local rescue uh, initially got contacted for her and they ended up turning her down because they didn't have the funds. They knew that it could potentially be a huge burden on their cost. And so we did pull Lizzie and we, she's currently right now sitting at the Central Texas Emer uh, Specialty Hospital the emergency room overnight care essentially because she um turns out she's got a 
a disease on her spine. And so we're trying to figure out exactly where that's stemming from and what her life expectancy will be and what we can do for her. But we've already racked up close to a $5,000 bill just mm-hmm. in her care. That's with an Austin dog rescue discount. Like these are the dogs that will never have a chance at getting out of the shelter. And so we really take that to heart. And I mean, our goal is $25,000 for Amplify Austin. And, mm-hmm. you know, $5,000 of that, you know, essentially just went to a case as extreme as, as Lizzie's. We don't take on those cases as often, those extreme ones, as much as we can, we do. But, you know, the, that's where we really shine. Our volunteers step up to, to give these dogs a chance. And so austindog.org will have all the information about adoptable dogs, how you can foster, and how you can help us. That's amazing. And this is a really good example of where people's money is going, right? Like what it's being used for and, and why, you know, we should be donating. Absolutely. Yeah, that we, we just when we got the bill just for the MRI, it was like $3,000. And that was, mm-hmm. again, with a rescue discount. I mean, your average, your rural shelter, you know, rules country, you know, person that may not be as, uh, feel as passionately about their dog, it may just be a property to them. It may just be something that's a second, second, an afterthought, essentially. And so they will, you know, just kind of be like, all right, it's not my problem anymore. I can't do anything about it. So that's what we're here for. Real quick, uh, Meg and I, before we left Austin, we were really flirting with the idea of fostering some dogs. And I'm curious if you can just, and part of it was us not knowing what to expect, never doing it before and not knowing exactly what to expect or, you know, how much time it was going to require and things like that. So are there any misconceptions that people normally have that you can clear up or just give a little bit of information to people that might be considering fostering? Absolutely. So with fostering specifically, the, the initial reaction for anyone that wants to foster is to say, oh, well, I'll just want to keep them all. And that's absolutely true. You 100% want to keep a lot of them. One of the rules with Austin Dog Rescue that we have is you're not allowed to adopt your first dog because essentially that's our natural instinct is to fall in love with the first one. So we immediately make you sign a contract that says you cannot adopt your first dog. And that's essentially because we've put so much training into you. We've worked with you to try to get you ready for this. And then also Mm -hmm. we really want to hit home with this. You know, you're saving multiple dogs by pulling, by fostering and opening up your home again is essentially pulling and saving two to three more dogs. I mean, whenever you foster, you're saving the dog, obviously, that is going into your home. You're opening up the space for another dog at the shelter that doesn't have to be euthanized or that comes in randomly. So you're essentially saving multiple lives by fostering and realizing that there are dogs, uh, you know, out of the 130 that I've, I've been honored to be a part of, there are dogs that I completely fall in love with and think to myself, like, why did I let that one go? And uh, there are dogs that I say, okay, you know what? I'm not the right home for that dog. <laughs> I realize, mm-hmm. like, although I was able to put in the work, I'm not the person for them. Um, they need something different than than I can give them. And so those are, you know, for me, a little easier to be like, okay, you know, there's a right. there's a ride home out there for you. But, you know, you you expect to fall in love a little, to cry sometimes and have your heart broken. But ultimately, if you're thinking big picture, the amount of lives you're saving, uh, you know, you think about it, we've fostered 130 dogs and we essentially have almost saved 260 dogs by opening up that space for other dogs. So we just doubled really, you know, you got to think big picture. And, and really, if you're into this 
open your heart and and really the the goodbyes are the hardest um but saving more lives is is really what keeps you going right lastly uh where can people keep up with you and more importantly uh Caxan's adventures yeah so thank you uh so if you're following on uh on instagram it's uh at city dog austin he's also got you know city dog austin on facebook and then uh through kxan he's got his own twitter which is at kaxan k-a-x-a-n underscore k-x-a-n so he's got uh, those three handles you can always follow his journey and see what we're doing see what we're supporting that's a lot of what kaxan does it's a lot of um unfortunately you know kaxan has had the opportunity to like a lot of instagram dogs to take some sponsorships and do things like that we unfortunately have to turn most of those away if not all um we've done a few like commercial work but most of the time we have to turn everything away only because of his correlation with KXA and we want to respect that and respect the conflict of interest with supporting a specific business. And so honestly, I can't even support my business when it comes to CAX and I can never promote um, our, our business because of it. Anyways, yeah, follow him though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Went off on a tangent. If you're in the Austin area, we hope you can make it out to Full Circle Bar on March 5th for Team Caxon's Amplify Austin Ski Ball Tournament. And if you're not in the area, we hope you still consider making a one-time donation to Team Caxon on Amplify Austin Day. But even if you can't make a donation, you can still help Edward and his team spread the word by sharing this episode online. To recap, there's going to be two single elimination tournaments of 32 rollers each. One's a novice tournament for people who are new to skee-ball, and the other is an open tournament for anyone who averages over 300 points a frame. There's a $25 suggested donation entry fee and you can sign up at Full Circle Bar Austin on the day of the event, which is March 5th. Thank you, Edward, for being our guest and for your effort in making sure every dog has a chance. Dogs hold a special place in both our hearts, and we're really happy there are people like you in this community. You can learn more about Amplify Austin at amplifyatx.org. And if you're interested in becoming a foster with Austin Dog Rescue, you can visit austindog.org. You can also follow Caxon's Adventures on Instagram with the handle at CityDogAustin. As always, you can let us know if you're enjoying the show by leaving us a review in Apple Podcast. You can find us online at 40outpodcast.com and on Instagram with the handle at 40outpodcast. Stay tuned for episode 10 of 40 Out, the original competitive ski ball podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And a two-time brewski ball world mush... What the fuck was that? I was I was gonna do like world mugshin or something. <laughs> yeah, I was doing world mug and mug national champion all in one word. <laughs>